take this off, right? So uh, my name is Brian Harris, and uh, you guys do not know me at all. I uh, usually come to second service, and my wife and I, we sit right over there with our three kids. My wife and I have been married for 13 years. Her name is JL, and I've got a five-year-old daughter whose name is Zeal, a three-year-old daughter whose name is Berea, and a seven-month-year-old son who still does not sleep through the night whose name is Elias. And that is his defining characteristic. He does not sleep through the night. So uh, I asked Casey several months ago for an opportunity to uh, preach, and he has been working things out for that to happen. And so uh, by the grace of God, I'm up here this morning, and I'm excited. I got here an hour early, and I was still speeding. So uh, I guess that means I'm excited for the opportunity to preach. Uh, so I've been in ministry for, for at least a little bit of time. Um, prior to being here, uh, not, not at this church, but I'll explain that in a second, uh, I was the lead minister at First Christian Church in West Frankfurt for three and a half years. I did missionary work in Cameroon, Ill, uh, Cameroon, Africa for about three years, and then I did youth ministry for nine years before that. Um, currently, I'm enrolled at Lincoln Christian, and I'm working on my master, Master's of Divinity. I told my wife that when I graduate, she'll have to call me Master. Oddly enough, uh, she did not respond well to that. And so uh, I'll hopefully, by God's grace, graduate this coming up May. Pretty excited. Um, I know my family's real excited about uh, having more, more time of me because I've spent so much time studying. Uh, but I'm even more excited about what comes next. Uh, the reason I'm, I'm in this program is I'll be one step closer when I finish with being a chaplain in the United States Air Force. Uh, and so I've already been endorsed. Now, let me ask this question. Uh, when I say the word chaplain, how many of you think of just some sort of like kind of general like religious fulfiller? Anybody think of that? Yeah, so that's not what they are. Because uh, I thought that for a long time, and that actually is what prevented me from uh, wanting to be one. Uh, but actually, you have to be, in, in order to be a chaplain, you have to be endorsed. And the Christian churches have their own endorser. Uh, the Christian church endorser is, uh, is stationed in Virginia Beach area. His name is uh, Dr. Cal McAlexander, and he's the, the president of it. And there's a group of other Christian church ministers and elders that are on this board, and they vet the individual who is applying for endorsement. And so uh, what this means is they, they get a bunch of reference letters, they interview places you've worked with, they ask elders, they ask other ministers you've worked with, they want to make sure you're in good standing, you're good at the ministry, you, uh, you, your theology is sound, and after all of that, they then give you a stamp of approval, it says, all right, the, mil the military can use you. And the military will not take you unless you have an endorser. So I actually stand in front of you this morning as your representative to the United States Air Force. Right? So it's, it's kind of an exciting thing, and, and it really kind of carries some weight. You know, all of us like to be good representatives of what we are, right? Men like to be seen as being men, right? Women want to be seen as being women. We want to be seen as being good Americans wherever we are. You know, we like to be good representatives of what we are. I want my wife to be proud of me. You know, I want her to be glad that she's married to me, not embarrassed. I want my children to be proud to follow me. I want them to say, hey, that's my dad, right? I want them to be proud. It's quite a bit of weight, you know, and uh, humans are, we're, we're, we're interesting creatures. If you were to take one American and drop him in the middle of China to a place that doesn't have much exposure to many Americans, they would completely judge the entirety of America on how that one person acts. That's just how humans are. We're like that. 
If we're not, we make judgments on entire groups based on one, one person. Women will make entire judgments of men based on one man, and women will, men will make entire judgments on women based on one woman. It's just how humanity is. We make judgments. And what we don't realize about often in life is that we are representatives of these groups that we belong to. Occasionally, uh, I think we're aware of the moment that we're a representative, right? Something will happen, we're kind of put on the spot, and we think to ourselves, I'm either going to make this group look really good or really bad. My wife and I had a vacuum salesman come to our house. Uh, you know, in order to have incentive to come to the house, they, they'll offer you a, like a gift, right? So he says, hey, um, we're going to give you this gift. I open it up. It's like this air purifier. Like, oh, cool. You know, you plug it into the wall. It like sucks in the air around, and it's supposed to, you know, get rid of all the dust. But when I look at it and inspect it, it's got this like really weird, unique, big dent at the bottom of it. Like so much so that if you put it and you sit it up, it just kind of falls over. You have to like stack books up against it in order to make it stand up. And I look at him and I say, hey man, what do you want me to do with this? And he's like, oh yeah. Well, it's the only one I brought. Here's what you do. Go get your torch. So, kind of stepping out of that, uh, I don't have a torch. And he said it so nonchalantly, he made it sound like all men have torches. And I know some of you are judging me right now. You're like, you don't have a torch? What kind of man are you? And, uh, and so, you know, I'm like, but I didn't want him to know this. I didn't want him to, to realize that, you know, I don't have a torch. And, I, you know, I don't know where this conversation's going, but I don't want it to go to me somehow being less of a man, you know? And I also don't want to embarrass my wife. I need to represent the family well here, right? And I don't want him thinking, well, clearly this is why you didn't buy a vacuum cleaner. You don't even have a torch, right? So, no, no. So I, I say, oh, yeah, my, uh, my torch, my torch, yeah, my torch. And he's like, yep, so just take your torch, and I want you to kind of, you know, kind of use it, create some heat on this plastic, you know, don't let it get too hot, and then that dent will just pop right out, pop right out. Like, oh, yeah, 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 my torch, my torch, yeah, do torchy stuff with my torch. I'll just go get my torch, I'll take care of it, no problem. Hey, don't you worry about this. So I'm walking him to his car, I didn't buy a vacuum from him, and I'm like, all right, see you later. And uh, he rolls, he stops, he rolls down his window, he's like, hey, you know what? I could just come by tomorrow and bring you a new, a, a new purifier. Would you rather me do that? He gave me an out, right? But I was too committed to this torch idea, so I said, no, don't you worry about it. I'll take care of it with my torch. Didn't want him to pull my man card. I need that. We like to be good representatives of what we are. I was on a plane flying from Illinois to Florida, and as we landed in Florida, new guests, right? President of the United States of America, Barack Obama, also landed. Their security forces had to do all their little detailing, so we were stuck on the plane for three hours, right? We, I could see the door, like, hey, just, I, could, I could walk there, and, uh, but you can't because they have to do all their security things. So we're stuck on the plane for three hours, and it's miserable, right? Everybody's frustrated and upset. When we finally get off the plane... This Canadian lady, I knew she was Canadian because she was like, you on the plane, A? You know what I mean? And so anyway, so I, I knew she was Canadian. And so then she, and I was like, yeah, I was on the plane. And then she gives this like real snarky comment. She says, we were delayed because of your president, A. And, uh, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of Barack Obama. We could talk about politics later if that's anybody's desire. But uh, she was right about one thing. He was my president. And I didn't like that she was talking like that about him. 
So I said, hey, listen here. You could take your Canadian personality back on the plane and fly over. And when you fly over that waterfall, I want you to be grateful that we let you use it. Right? That's our waterfall. We're, we're loaning it out to Canada. We can take it whenever we want. Uh, then I started singing my own rendition of This Is Your Land. I said, this is not your land. This is my land. No, I didn't do any of that. But I did trip her when she walked away. Um, because That was an accident. It was, I didn't do it on purpose. Um, but, hey, you can't talk about America to a representative of America. Right? I mean, we don't, we don't tolerate this sort of thing. You know, we like to be good representatives of what we are. I want to tell you the most important group that I belong to, and it's a journey. The journey is similar for all of us who belong to the same group, and it starts in Ephesians chapter 2. If you guys would like to follow along with the Bibles in front of you, you can. I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. And this defines, I think, the most important group that I'm a part of, and I'm sure you are as well. So chapter 1 ends with this thought that Jesus is the head of the church. Chapter 2, as for you, right, you also, you, me, this is all of us, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, evil spirits, uh, and you were disobedient. Verse 3, all of us also lived among them, right? We were also lived among the world. We were disobedient, right? This is everyone in here. At one time, you were gratifying the cravings of your sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we, that's we, all of us, were by nature objects of wrath, right? Regardless of who you are, regardless of when, at one point, you were an object of wrath, and maybe some of you still are. You might be, right? Verse 4 and 5 says, because of God's love, he made us alive in Christ. Verse 8, you were saved by grace through faith. Verse 10, to do good works that God prepares. Verse 11 and 8, remember, you were formerly Gentiles. At that time, you were separate from Christ. Hold on to that, okay? Hold on to that thought for just a moment. Because at some point, we were all representatives of Gentiles. What I mean by that is we're not Jewish and we're living of the world, right? So at some point, we're all representatives of the Gentile community. Verse 11 and 12 again says, Remember, you were formerly Gentiles. At that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel. This is all of us, right? We did not know the promises of God. Verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus... You who were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Verse 14, he himself, that's he, Jesus, is our peace. He made the two one, right? That's Jew and Gentile. He made them one, right? That's black man and white man. He made them one, right? That's, that's Asian woman and American woman. He made them one. We're one in the church. There was a division, even a dividing wall of hostility in the temple that prevented even faithful Gentiles from approaching God. But by the cross, Jesus put to death hostility. See, understand this, the Jews did not like the Gentiles, but God did. He loved them. He loved us. He loves us. Verse 17, Jesus came and preached peace to you who were far off, right? The Gentiles, that's us. 
to those near the Jews. Verse 18, through him, that's Jesus, both have access to the Father by one spirit. All right, this is the process of the belonging, right? So we were far off, we're excluded from citizenship, we're dead in our sins, we're disobedient, we're living of the world. And then verse 19, our, our money verse says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. This is what happened. You were transferred from a group outside of God to a group inside of God's household. And now as a part of this new group, we all are representatives of. Citizens are representatives of the kingdom they belong to. To anyone we come in contact with, they are going to see us as a representative of Christ, a representative of heaven, a representative of all of Christendom. You this morning stand here or sit here as representatives of heaven, of holiness, and of Christianity. We had a yard sale uh, before we moved up to Lincoln. We moved here about five months ago, um, so I can hit the studies pretty hard, and uh, and that way I can I can kind of you know expedite the duration of how long it's going to take me to finish this degree. And in the process of of you know moving here, we had to have a yard sale. Uh, this this guy walks up, and I'm like, "Good morning, fine sir," and he's uh, like, "Hey, what is this object?" And I'm like, "That sir is an air purifier." He's like, "Well, it looks uh, like there's a dent in it." I was like, ah, let me tell you how to deal with that. Go get your torch. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have to fake it, right? We fake this representation a little bit, right? Like, right? like we're angry, we're upset, we're mad, but we have to hold it in. We can't just let it loose, right? Or, or you know, or maybe your spouse upsets you and you still have to be kind to her. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what that's like. Uh, I've just heard rumors. My, my, my spouse doesn't upset me. Um, or, you know, your children, they, they deliberately disobey you and you still have to speak to them Calmly and patiently. Right? We're still being worked on. We, haven't had, we don't have this holiness thing completely figured out. We're still trying to grow and to be sanctified. We're still learning and still working through these things. We have to resist sin, although the urges of lust come after us. We have to be good stewards of our funds, although materialism is knocking. We're still striving to be good representatives. That God has called us to be. In the late 3rd century, early 4th century, the Roman uh, emperor Diocletian, he blamed the Christians for a string of bad luck that happened in the Roman Empire. He said the Christians upset the Roman gods by refusing to worship them. So he sent men around and guards all over to burn all the scriptures he could find and burn down all the church buildings. And... If you were a Christian, uh, you can get to pretty big trouble. He made this rule, he said, he, or this law, he says, hey, uh, everyone in the entire empire has to worship the Roman gods. And if you don't, well, you'll be killed or tortured, or killed, tortured and killed. Uh, they'll take your property, they'll take your land. And it, gives, it extends further. So he, knew, he really knew how to, how to hit people where it hurts. He says, and... We'll kill your family. We'll take your family's land. And so you imagine the guard is at your house and he's got a knife to your son's throat and he says, why are you going to be so stubborn? Just worship the Roman gods. Look, we've already made your brother homeless. He's out naked in a field. He's on his way out to a different territory. 
And now we're going to kill your family? Just worship the Roman gods and so with a downtrodden face. You ask, what does it take to worship the Roman gods? And they say, just take a little bit of incense and throw it in the fire. That's it. That's it. That little sacrifice. To sacrifice what? To sacrifice my representation for Christianity. To sacrifice my reputation. To sacrifice my citizenship that Jesus died for. Now, we will probably never know the dilemma to stand for Christ when death is on the line, when our family's death is on the line. No, often in America, I see the representation given up on much cheaper things. Instead of us being forth, uh, forced to give up our faith, we voluntarily flee from God. We're supposed to represent Jesus as the only hope for humanity. Yet we spend our time bickering on what politician will save us. We're supposed to represent Jesus as the vine that we all individually have been grafted into. Yet we allow the color of someone's skin to dictate if they will be loved by us. We're supposed to represent Jesus as the author of our faith. But we have more faith in an athletic form of entertainment for fulfillment than finding fulfillment in God's presence. This morning, by nothing but the grace of God, we all have the opportunity to recalibrate our life. To put our minds in perception and focus. The early church from the very beginning were meeting to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And a part of this celebration is remembering exactly who you are. So you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. And in our unity, in us coming together to proclaim the resurrection of Jesus, something Holy happens. I can't really explain it. I'm not sure if anybody can. But this is our purpose. This is when we represent God the most. When we take the bread and remember Jesus' broken body. And we take the juice and remember the cup of blessing. His blood poured out for us. I would ask if you guys could all stand for me. As I read Paul's account of this in 1 Corinthians 11. Verse 23. For... I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As you are dismissed in a moment, you have the opportunity to continue worshiping God through communion and through offering. Uh, the communion cups and, and bread and plates for offering are in the back. Uh, if you also have a communication card, please uh, throw it in there and the ushers will dismiss you uh, to worship in these ways in this last song. Let's pray. My God, my Father, we are your humble servants, and we are your citizens, and we are your representatives to this lost and dying world. And my Father, we ask that we can have the wisdom to represent you well. My God, give us strength. Help us to rely on your spirit that dwells in us 
Help us to rely on this empowering. God, we are blessed that you would use such flawed individuals like us, my Father. But we know that in our weakness, you can be shown in strength. God, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for his death on the cross on our behalf. We thank you for being so good to us and that you are always good in all things and always faithful. And we ask as we depart here today that we could be a little bit more aware of our influence we have on others and how we represent you to all we come in contact with. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.